0: She would witness the horror of a 13-week-old struggling for life. For the first time, that ultrasound, that visual, would forever change the way she looked at the organization she fiercely and loyally supported, defended, and promoted for eight years. What did she see? What did she do? And why was the organization known as Planned Parenthood so determined to stop her? Would you welcome with me today in this testimony exclusive speaker, best selling author, former director of Planned Parenthood, and now pro life activist, Mrs. Abby Branham Johnson? Abby, welcome to testimony.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Abby, your book, Unplanned, has been featured on Christian Broadcasting Network and almost every major news, radio, and television network since its release in 2010, a year after your decision to walk away as director of the Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in Bryan, Texas. For part one of our conversation today, Abby, can you bring us to that day you call the ultrasound, resulting in your defection from Planned Parenthood? And then for part two, I'd like to continue our discussion on the ramifications of abortion in this country the propaganda supporting it and your efforts combined with your faith to stop it abby please tell us that story
1: well i um, like you said i'd worked for planned parenthood for eight years and i was called in to assist in a different type of abortion procedure Um, one that would be using an ultrasound during the entire procedure so that the doctor would be able to um, see the unborn child on the monitor and see the unborn child during the abortion. And um, these types of procedures are not very common um, in, in the abortion industry. It's not part of their protocol for the doctor to be able to see the child during the abortion, but this particular abortionist that day Um, wanted to be able to use that as a teaching tool and a learning tool. And so I was in the room. My job was to hold the ultrasound probe on the woman's abdomen during the abortion. And um, I saw a 13-week-old child in the womb struggle and fight for his life during the abortion procedure. Um, After that, I went back um, to my office and really felt like I had to make a decision Um, I didn't want to leave my job I didn't want to leave this place that was comfortable for me I didn't want to leave that stability I didn't want to leave the income but I knew that I had just witnessed something um, that went against that flew in the face of everything that I believed abortion to be Um, I believed that it didn't have anything to do with the baby that this was all about the mother and her decision but clearly I was you know, looking at this child struggle and fight for his life and I knew that that disconnect that had been so prevalent for me um, for eight years, that was now connected and so I had to make a decision. Um, I stayed at work for a week after I saw the abortion take place and didn't really know where to go, what to do. All of my friends were involved in the abortion industry and so um, I had remembered that the people that were outside the clinic with 40 days for life, they had always told me that they would be able to help me if I ever wanted to leave. And I felt like that was the only way out. I felt like that that was the decision that I was going to have to make. I was going to have to trust people that I had been told were my enemy. And so um, I went to the pro-life group. In my area, and um, that ran the 40 Days for Life, and basically just told them my story and told them that I wanted to leave and that I needed help. And um, the next day, that was on October 5th, and October 6th, I resigned from Planned Parenthood and um, began, you know, just kind of this journey into the pro life movement. And um, three weeks after I left, I got a phone call um, from a, a friend of mine that worked at Planned Parenthood asking me different questions, um, asking me if I was, you know, working with a pro-life group there and all of this, and so it kind of prompted me to believe that word had gotten out <laughs> that I had mm-hmm. left, and I had left um, not believing in abortion anymore, and that next day I received um, a, a fax from Planned Parenthood letting them know that they were putting out a restraining order against me, a restraining order of disclosure, so I would not be able to talk about my time with Planned Parenthood, and they were going to take me to court, and we went to court uh, the second week in November, November 10th, and um, basically it was kind of like David <laughs> David and Goliath, but um, we went in and just told the truth and told our story, and um, the judge threw out... Um, the court case, and I haven't heard from anyone in that affiliate since.
0: Now, that year was 2009 when you walked away from Planned Parenthood, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, before you entered Planned Parenthood, in your book, Unplanned, you talk about your own abortion the year before, and how old were you at that time?
1: I was 20 when I had my first abortion and 23 when I had my second.
0: Right. Now... I was very interested in reading your book, which is a fascinating read and a needed read because you address both sides of the issue. One being, while you worked for Planned Parenthood, you were sincere in your effort to really help women. You cared for them. You loved counseling them, coaching them, uh, giving them options. In your book, you talk about the three that Planned Parenthood gives, either to parent, adopt, or abort. So in your heart, the eight years you were there, what I get reading out of your book is that you were coming from a sincere perspective but what the danger is that I also read in your book was the way you were solicited into Planned Parenthood as a young woman. Can you talk about that and the strategy and the verbiage that they use to entice women as volunteers for Planned Parenthood?
1: Yeah, well I didn't know much about I didn't know anything about Planned Parenthood actually um, before I started to volunteer with them. The first abortion I had was at a private clinic. Um, I didn't grow up around a Planned Parenthood, didn't know anything about them. I uh, grew up pro-life, my parents were pro-life, but we didn't sit around and talk about it around the dinner table or we didn't have conversations on abortion or um, about being pro-life or pro-choice and so when I was first introduced to Planned Parenthood by this woman that was recruiting for volunteers, she started telling me about what Planned Parenthood believed—that they um, wanted to help men and women who were low income and help them, you know, get on birth control or help them get annual exams—and that a very, very small percentage of what the services they provided were actually abortion, and that their goal was to reduce the number of abortions every year that they did not want women to make a decision to have an abortion, that they wanted, you know, all pregnancies to be planned and wanted. Um, and for me, as someone who didn't know either side of the debate, I that sounded pretty good to me. Um, you know, they started talking about illegal abortion and how dangerous it would be if abortion became illegal because women would be going to these back alleys and you know, as someone that had had an abortion just a year previously, you know, I was thinking to myself, gosh, that, you know, that would be terrible. I'm glad that I was able to have a safe and legal option um, to terminate my child. And, and so all those things kind of resonated with me and, and almost sounded a little pro-life. I mean, pro-lifers, of course, want the numbers of abortions to decrease. They don't want women to choose an abortion. You know, I mean, all these things that just sounded kind of familiar, And so I made the decision then to um, basically trust what they were saying and begin volunteering for Planned Parenthood.
0: Now you rose to prominence in the Planned Parenthood organization very quickly. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: I did. um, I worked as a health center assistant, kind of low man on the totem pole, um, for, um, for only about a year and then moved up to... Uh, be the community services director so I was in charge of fundraising and uh, strategic planning for the group and uh, media donor relations and things like that and then um, just I was only in that position for one year and I was moved up to um, to be the clinic director of the health center where I was working and I was responsible for both the family planning and the abortion programs and was responsible for making sure that we met our abortion and family planning quotas that we performed enough abortions, um, worked up to that quota, and I was responsible for all the staff. I I mean, I really loved my job. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was um, doing what God wanted me to be doing. I went to church every Sunday, and I worked at Planned Parenthood, and I thought that I was doing the right thing and, and helping women who were in crisis.
0: So, Abby, let me ask you this question. As a Christian you had two abortions how did you justify in your mind those two abortions which you never talked about you didn't tell your parents you didn't tell your husband at that time now your ex-husband that you had these abortions that must have been horrific for you to hold all of that inside how did you justify that and when did you decide to share it Um,
1: I. I, you know, I don't really know exactly how I justified it, um, but I know that, you know, I thought, well, I should, you know, be able to control this and make this decision on my own, and, you know, God certainly wouldn't want me to have a child that I couldn't care for or, um, you know, wouldn't be emotionally ready to handle, and, you know, God would want me to put myself first, and, I mean, and just those types of rationalizations and justifications and I mean that's, that's how you know it's sin is if you're having to justify a decision that you're making because if something's right you don't have to rationalize it or justify it um, but I think that basically that was one of the things that kind of brought me into Planned Parenthood was um, knowing that I, I justified these abortions for so long and just kind of wanting everybody else to jump on the same sinking ship that you're on
0: And what was amazing to me, your now husband, even though he opposed the work that you were doing, and across the other side of the fence, the Coalition for Life opposed what you were doing, yet they reached out to you in love. They never stopped loving you, which I thought was an interesting approach rather than the in-your-face, you're horrible, you're wicked, you're going to hell, which didn't work for you and probably not a lot of other women who were considering the choice to abort, parent, or adopt. Abby, in our next segment, I want to talk more about Planned Parenthood and your efforts as a pro-life activist now, uh, but I want to talk about a particular doctrine called the Jaffe Memo that you are not allowed to talk about and give our audience a little more meat as to the origins uh, the origins of Planned Parenthood and what we can do to stop their efforts. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Abby Branham Johnson, best-selling author of Unplanned, former director of Planned Parenthood in Bryan, Texas, and now a pro-life activist, Changing Lives for Jesus Christ. Abby, we look forward to having you back next week on Testimony. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. Or write to us at Testimony, P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261, that's P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261. I'm Jensine Bard. Please join us again for testimony.